When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into our podcast-only version, our Sunday episode. It's a Monday, but it is a Sunday for us. And we just attended the CHGO Bears tailgate, and we saw Justin Fields do all sorts of crazy things on the football field. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. Um, we got a lot to talk about with the Chicago White Sox. We got some big league trades that might be happening or might need to be discussed. And we could possibly see a new look of the Chicago White Sox roster for 2023 already. And we'll let you know about that. Uh, but Herb, let's talk a little bit about this tailgate because we froze our asses off today. Um, but the people that came and then went to the Bears game had one hell of a time at Soldier Field. Uh, I just want to give a ton of credit to Jake for coming out. It was awesome to see our guy Baloney, uh, who's usually in the comments, our guy Jimbo as well. Uh, I learned about his adult baseball league. So uh, a very cool event that we had at CHGO. We did it with the Sox before uh, back in June, but uh, it was really nice to kind of get you know, the, the fourth or fifth one, we were kind of the first one. So we got all the, the bumps out of the way. And now they're really uh, got a fantastic product there with the uh, CHGO tailgate. Yeah, it was very fun. It's my third one I've been to, including last week. And it just keeps on getting better each week with the people just showing up. I mean, today I was like, man, it's going to be in his 30s. It's going to be cold. It's the first the Lions, So no one's going to show up. No, I mean, our CHGO family showed up. And droves today, and we all had a great time. Beer was out there flowing, Goose Island, uh, Blackhawks beer, and some other uh, choices out there. Of course, we had our uh, delicious water we got from uh, Liquid Death. But um, I enjoyed every time I get to go out there. But today was a little special. Got to dance with my guy Jimbo. We had a good time doing the Cupid Shuffle, and and <laughs> they got to they got to go to the game today. Like most of the people who were at the tailgate got to go to the game. Sometimes people just came out just to support us exclusively and then go back home to their uh boats and watch the game from their tv but most people were today came out to support us and then go on to the game which they saw a special game where justin fields did special things again yeah i mean he almost broke his damn record again uh running for 140 plus yards uh almost trying to uh, break his 178 rec- yard record that he uh, set last week in soldier field and that uh what 50 plus yard run uh to put them up 30 to 24 was I mean, that's that's highlight reel first thing that you're showing. Um, and uh, that might be one of the greatest quarterback runs I've ever seen. And he almost did that, too, against Minnesota. And that one got called back by um, an Amir Smith-Marset penalty. So, I mean, we're watching greatness uh, over in Soldier Field. And I know Tim Anderson's probably the most beloved Chicago athlete right now. I mean, like Oof. he was before Justin, Justin Fields came along. <laughs> I'm about to say, yeah, I'm going to say Justin's got that crown now. I mean, it didn't come without, you know, Justin making one mistake to Jeff Okuda. But like you said, right after that mistake to Jeff Okuda, there was a 67-yard touchdown run right up the gut. And he's out 
running DBs like easily. He's just doing it with, and he doesn't look like he's straining. He's just doing it because he's that fast, four four speed. And he's like, "Oh, Cootie, you can't catch me. Uh, other DB can't catch me either." So uh, I hope you guys enjoy my dust. And it was just, it was just so easy that he did that thing. I was just like, "Man, Justin Fields is otherworldly." And we have one of those quarterbacks. And I know Bears fans are going to hate to hear this. And I said it last week. I said it on Bears After Dark on Thursday. This is the best case scenario. Justin Fields balls out again, and you lose. You now have a three and seven record, which is worse than the Detroit Lions. You've jumped them for draft position, and now you are better in a better position to have better players next year while developing the quarterback that's going to be your number one and an all time franchise quarterback. Yeah. And, and I mean, just the fact that, I mean, when you go back and talk about him outrunning DBs, like, I, I mean, th- this guy is a running back, but he's also got, a, I mean, he's, he's he's got a fantastic job of just reading defenses as well. Um, I know he had a couple of mistakes at the end of that game where he was holding balls a little bit too long there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you said it right. Like my mom texted me and she was like, damn. Like they lost, and I'm like, no, it's best for the draft uh, prospect, uh, the draft positioning. And she didn't understand mm-hmm. that, um, you know. Like you, most Bears fans are just like, oh, I want to win the damn game. Uh, but yeah, hey, you're just gonna get him more help on the offensive line, so he has a little bit more uh, time to throw in those late game scenarios because uh, he got eaten up by that uh, that Lions defensive line and sort of the Bears offensive line. All right, yeah, uh, once again, they more... scored thirty points. They scored thirty points. The only reason they lost, well, one of the reasons they lost, they missed the extra point after that long touchdown run by Justin Fields. Defense gave up an easy touchdown to the uh, Detroit Lions, and that's how you lose. And like I said, you saw exactly what you need to see uh, today. You wanted to see Justin Fields. I was just like, Detroit score fast so I could see Justin Fields again. That's literally what I was thinking. I was like, I don't care what uh, <laughs> Jared Goff does or whatever the my mom saying Brown does. Give me Justin Fields on the field again. Or former U.S. Senator Tom Kennedy, who uh, blew uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, former second round pick, completely uh, off the block and mm-hmm. ran for a 44 yard reception. Um, also, Jack Sanborn, a local kid, seven round pick, having two sacks today and blowing up top 10, uh, former top 10 overall pick, Penae Sewell, uh, was fun to watch. An interesting game. And if you want more coverage, uh, make sure you check out the CHGO Bears family, uh, Mark Carmen, Adam Hogue, uh, our guy Greg Braggs, who was out there, Nicholas Moriano, Will DeWitt, they all showed up, uh, Carmi V as well. Uh, did I mention actual Carm? So make sure you go follow all the Bears people at CHGO Bears. I think they're uh, doing their live stream right now as we record on a Sunday. But Herb, uh, let's move on from the Bears and let's go to the Sox. Uh, some rumors out there on who the Sox might be acquiring. I think I've seen some uh, some rumors linking them to Sean Murphy. I think I've seen some rumors linking them to Gene Segura. But before we get into that, the specifics of signing free agents, trades, I do want to go to Jeff Passan um, and shout out to Jeff Passan for uh, bodying beef loaf, uh, which was great to see <laughs> very recently. Uh, and then we also got the great Photoshop from somebody uh copying beef with a awful uh, hairline there. So shout out to Jeff. Uh, But he ended up writing recently in an article for ESPN.com that the White Sox could be one of the teams that could be uh, adding to available trade options. Uh, He's talking about which teams could add to the list of available trade options by tearing it down. And in the last paragraph, he says, while there's no indication the Chicago White Sox have any desire to start, start from scratch, the sheer amount of individual talents on the team from Tim Anderson to Dylan Cease to Luis Robert to Lucas Giolito to Andrew Vaughn to Liam Hendricks to Eloy Jimenez to Lance Lynn to Yaw Makata makes them awfully appetizing for teams that might want to do a big league for big league swap. And Herb, if we want to look through those names, I think we've talked about a Tim Anderson trade before. We've talked about a Liam Hendricks trade before. You've thrown out your Eloy Jimenez trade before. Uh, we've mm-hmm. mentioned Lucas Giolito. 
Giolito being traded. I've begged them not to trade Andrew Vaughn. Uh, we kind of have ruled off Yohan Moncada off that list. The only two that we really haven't talked about, I guess we talked a little bit about Cease, but I don't think they're going to trade Cease, um, is Luis Robert and Lance Lynn. Uh, if I had to ask you, which one is more likely to be traded? Is it Lance Lynn or Luis Robert? It would be Lance Lynn. He's more of a uh, a commodity that you know what you're going to get out of him. Luis Robert, as we talked about it with Aloy, is dynamic. He can do it all. We saw him in 2020 rookie season, and when he came back from his injury in the second half of 2021, He's in top 10 player potential, maybe even MVP candidate. And that guy is somewhere in there. The 2022, a lot of ailments went wrong with him. He had the uh, the viral infection. He had the wrist problem. He had a uh, bout with COVID. Things just happened to uh, Luis Robert, and it never really got on track with him. So I'm sure the White Sox are like, no, you have to give us the whole damn team to get us to give us us to give up Luis Robert. Now, Lance Lynn, on the other hand, this is his last year, if I believe correctly, of his mm -hmm. White Sox extension that he signed a couple of years ago. And he's a veteran pitcher, top of the rotation guy, as you saw at the end of the second half of 2022. One of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, he was battling uh, Dylan Cease, if, if not even better than Dylan Cease in the second half for the White Sox uh, ace of the staff. And so a team would probably give up a major league talent right there to get uh, uh, a top of the rotation guy, like a probably a guy that I would say years before would be Julio Urias, but now U Urias is pretty much established as a good to great pitcher in the Dodgers uh, rotation. That type of player that's been like toiling around uh, a top prospect, maybe first or second year of uh, starting, doesn't know if he can go the whole 162 and, don't, and a team doesn't want to roll dice on that. They get more of a proven commodity in Lance Lynn. So I think he would be a more enticing piece to a team that is competing instead of Luis Robert. Everybody would want Luis Robert, but I don't know if you're going to get equal value coming off a bad year. And then if the White Sox even want to be entertaining him to be traded this early in his career. Well, right. I mean, you have him at such an affordable contract. So is it a player that you want to move away from? It's like the Tim Anderson thing, like Tim Anderson, when you have all these four massive shortstops about to get hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars like Dancy Swanson, Carlos Correa, uh, Xander Bogarts. I'm going to forget the other one, Trey Turner. Um, you look at Tim Anderson, he's making $12.5 million. Do the White Sox, especially a team that's not known for going out and making huge signings, have never signed a player over $100 million uh, in, a, in a contract, in a single contract? Um you know, they would love cheap deals. And that's why I really find it hard for them to move away from a Jimenez or move away from a Luis Robert because these guys with their potential could be stars. Andrew Vaughn as well. Like, this is a guy that's giving you major league production and he's not even making a million dollars yet. Like, why would you want to move on from him? Um, I, I think that the Lance Lynn thing makes sense. Uh, he does have an option for 2024. Uh, it is a club option. And there is only a $1 million buyout on that. I mean, if he is traded to a team, especially that might lose pitching like Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Jacob DeGrom, all of those guys are free agents. The Mets want to stay competitive and the Mets aren't afraid to go out and spend and they're not afraid to, you know, hey, if we lose some prospects, we'll just go spend $100 million on a free agent, right? So I, I could see them, there, there being trade opportunities opening up, but especially if we're trading Lance Lynn, I don't think that opens up until later on into the winter, right? Until like December or January. Um, it, it really does seem difficult that a trade, especially a big league swap, 
would happen so early, um, at least for a starting pitcher. Now, some of the rumors about Sean Murphy, uh, very interesting. Uh, what have you made about some of the rumors linking the White Sox to the Oakland A's catcher? It's troubling because it seems like it makes the White Sox with another hole to fill. So the ones I've seen uh, mostly include Andrew Vaughn. If you're already losing Jose Abreu, which that seems like a fait accompli, that's going to happen as he is a free agent right now, free to sign with any team right now in Major League Baseball. It's going to be tough to also lose Andrew Vaughn, who I would say would be the second or third best hitter on the team uh, if you're going to lose uh, Jose Abreu. And then now you have a first base spot open. And I know you're out there saying, well, you got Gavin Sheets. And then I've seen people suggest you have Yasmani Grandal because Sean Murphy is a catcher. You would think if you're acquiring him, you're going to have him do most of the catching because he's probably a better catcher. I don't know the metrics, but Yasmani was horrid last year. And uh, would you deal with the younger guy and Sean Murphy instead of Yasmani. It's uh, gold glove winner, Sean Murphy. See? It creates more problems <laughs> for the White Sox to have coming into next year where you're having Yasmani Grandal not learn a new position, but be a all-time first baseman with occasional catcher duties. And then Sean Murphy coming over here, having to pick up for both Andrew Vaughn and um, Eloy, I mean, and uh, Jose Abreu. It's going to be a lot of pressure on all these people unless you sign somebody else. I think it's a better situation if you could just – have some minor leaguer or a couple minor leaguers go to Oakland, which is which they're probably looking for a little bit more, but also you need to make the trade a little bit more equitable for them. So it'll be hard for me to let go Andrew Vaughn for a position that is a catcher, which we already have one. And then it creates a lot of other problems with the team. I don't know if it makes the White Sox a better team. If you trade Andrew Vaughn for Sean Murphy. Right. Yeah. I mean, the details of the trade would be, difficult for me to stomach and you and, and Tanny always used to say on uh, the old LOS uh, that you know if you're going to make trades you gotta you gotta make it hurt I do want to first give credit to who broke or at least who uh, is uh, giving the, uh, the the rumor out uh, it is Bruce Levine of uh, 6 having the score um, and his story on odyssey.com a player the White Sox have their eye on is athletics catcher Sean Murphy who will almost certainly be traded this offseason sources said and this is Bruce's article saying the White Sox and a half a dozen other teams already inquired about trading for Murphy at the GM meeting sources said and that's the issue that I think at the end of the day is I always struggle with who the White Sox are going to trade and I think if a dozen other teams are barking up the White Sox or the the athletics tree um, the White Sox are consistently going to have the quietest bark unless they go out there and get rid of Andrew Vaughn or, or make him available. And, you know, obviously you can debate the value of that position, you know, catcher versus first base. You'd rather have a younger catcher uh, than a younger first baseman because first base value is, is easy to find. But I, I still think there's something really, really special about Andrew Vaughn's bat, and I wouldn't be too quick to just get rid of him. I, I understand that you want more production and you want more uh, skins on the wall for Andrew Vaughn before he becomes untouchable Herb. But just the the way that he is so disciplined at the plate, the way that he can discern what is a strike and isn't a strike, and his consistent contact, just putting actual bat to the ball, is incredible to me. And I don't know if it's enough for me to say, all right, you need to go out and get a catcher. Because Yasmani Grandal, you don't know what he's going to be next year. I, I understand that, but 
too bad you paid him $72 million. Like it's Mm -hmm. not my fault that this team, when they're going out and spending in the free agent market, when they're going at the top of top of their budget, it's $72 million to a catcher and $54 million to a closer, right? Like why couldn't we give, you know, combine that money, 125 ish money, $125 to an actual outfielder. Um, So we don't have to trade the first baseman that might be generational. And I know that uh, we were talking to Baloney today at the the CHGO tailgate, talking about how the White Sox have consistently had great first baseman, Frank to Paul to Jim Tomey for a little bit, back to Paulie, back to, you know, Jose Abreu, then to Andrew Vaughn. Um, and, and it's given us one title. Um, but like, I, I don't know, like it's, it, it just seems less even about like the, the generational lineage of first baseman and more about the actual player at first base in Andrew Vaughn. I know Sean Murphy's fantastic and he's special in his own right, but to give up Andrew Vaughn to get Sean Murphy, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're going to trade Andrew Vaughn, you're going to have to have somebody that, can replace his future with an immediate impact. I don't know if Sean Murphy does that. Like, he's going to be good. Of course, he's going to be good. But are we saying 2023 Sean Murphy is going to be the best hitter on the White Sox or in that category? Maybe. But that's a thing that you don't want to roll dice on. You can say with pretty good certainty that Andrew Vaughn is going to be one of the best hitters on the White Sox in 2023 if he's healthy. I mean, we know this, and he's going to be back at his natural position. Not to worry about too much of the outfield fatigue that he has got the last couple of years, and to have that gone with the cost certainty, as you were talking about, is very valuable. So you need to go and get a bigger fish than Sean Murphy. And I know that's a great name to say, and it's a great player to bring back. But I'm sure White Sox fans would be like, "Nah, that that doesn't work." And it's not just. The ones I've heard, the rumors I've heard, it's not just Andrew Vaughn. It's Colston Montgomery coming along with him. And so, nah, nah, I'm, I'm good. Unless you improve that trade where it's less of White Sox pain on their side and you get a little bit more equitable on this side, then you don't you don't move them. Yeah, I don't even know about the Colson thing. I think if there is somebody that is untouchable in the White Sox organization, I think it probably is Colson Montgomery. I don't think they're going to move away from that first round pick as quickly as they, you know, that would be, especially for a catcher. Again, I, I just want to stretch. He's a catcher. Um, I, I know that finding great catchers is very, very difficult. Part of the reason why the A's are moving on from Sean Murphy, a great catcher, is because they have Tyler Soderstrom, who is a top prospect and a catcher who they recently just drafted in the first round, and Shay Lang- Shay Langliers, uh, who is a former top prospect of the A's. Um, I, I believe well, the Braves, yeah, right? Uh, uh, Braves. Sorry, I was going to say A's. Uh, Atlanta Braves, uh, and he's a former top ten pick as well. Um, Sean Murphy, former third round pick of the A's, um, and he's been fantastic in his time in the MLB. Uh, a thousand career plate appearances. Eight war, 114 OPS, won a gold glove in 2021, was fourth in rookie of the year in 2020. And if you look at his, you know, uh, stat cast data on actual catcher uh, data, he has the 10th best arm in baseball and he's in the 96th percentile top three in pop time to second base. And he's got an elite exchange as well from the glove to the uh, to his throwing arm. So, I mean, if you want to talk about playing the actual catcher position, uh, it's hard to find someone better than Sean Murphy. Uh, but it seems, especially with the A's, you know, they're always looking to bring in that top talent. And I just feel like the A's are barking up your door for the for Andrew Vaughn. 
you know, you should be wary. The, these teams always try to find the, that that edge. Um, mm-hmm. And I think acquiring a player like Andrew Vaughn uh, is definitely something where they're they're winning that trade. And especially if, you know, you have to give up more in that trade, like a Colson Montgomery or a different top prospect, like you can't sign me up for that trade. That one hurts way too much. Uh, let's we'll have more uh, after the break on, on Sean Murphy, but we want to let you know about our fantastic, fantastic partners at Green Ridge Farm. We had some jalapeno cheddar brats today at the CHGO tailgate. They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all natural option. They're the makers of all natural deli meat, sausage and their famous meat sticks. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour school lunches and these all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick they make a perfect post-workout snack meat sticks come in chicken black forest beef and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili if you haven't tried them yet you don't know what you're missing they're delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making and being all natural they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time i gotta tell you at least the brats today that jake flanagan were cooking up uh the cheese inside of it was just so delectable it was fantastic and I had a brat at 8.30 in the morning. And if you're going to have a, a brat at 8.30 in the morning, it better be an all-natural one uh, like Green Ridge Farm. So right now, when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Again, when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code at, uh, CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat and comed lighting uh they're i bet they light your house herb they light my house um they do indeed i, I wouldn't have energy if it wasn't for comed and the comed energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future comed offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial industrial and public sector customs Customers of all size across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network-lighted controls, making these projects even more cost-efficient than ever before. So visit comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's powering B-I-Z. Now to start saving money and energy and to start a project, contact us at 855-433-2700. For more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. All right, Herb. Um, so if the White Sox go out and trade Andrew Vaughn, let's just say they do and acquire Sean Murphy, we don't have to worry about the, the prospect right now. But that means a catcher, you'd have Sean Murphy and Sebi Zavala. First base, mm-hmm. that would then move Yasmani Grandal to first base, and he could mm-hmm. split time at DH with Aloy Jimenez. You could throw in Gavin Sheets as, uh, as well at first base. At second base, that leaves a hole. And, and you'd assume that if Jose Abreu is not going to be at first base, and mm-hmm. you assume that they're able to afford a cheap catcher like Sean Murphy, who's got team control uh, through 2025, um, that they could go out and spend money at second base. A player that just became available from a World Series uh, contending team or a World Series runner-up, Gene Segura. He got his player option declined, and it seems like Philly is going to go away from the older Segura and will look for a Carlos Correa, a Dansby Swanson, a Trey Turner, look for a massive splash, making Gene Segura a veteran shortstop and second baseman who will be available for the Sox. Uh, Is this a guy that they should go after after now that uh, Colton Wong's off the market? 
Um, it'll be really tough to get him. I mean, I'm 33 years old. He just coming off a, a mediocre season in 2022 with uh, Philadelphia Phillies, 10 home runs, 33 driven in and only 98 games played. That's a big deal. Like we're trying to get non white Sox things going on for us and getting a guy that was injured for most of the last year, not most, a, de- a decent part of last year. It's going to be tough to have him on the white Sox and depend on a 33 year old guy to man second base. I would rather do the thing where we just had Alessandris re-signed and play second base than having Gene Segura, because I think Alessandris is a better player currently right now than what Gene Segura brings to the table. And even though Gene Segura is a second baseman, has played the position most, if not all, of his career, it will be really hard for me to go after him because that's – I think you have maybe comparable play also in the people you already have in the building. Danny Mendix hurt but he looked good this this year in 2022. You got Romy Gonzalez, you have Sanchez and also Sosa down in the minor leagues. Nothing, no great shakes there. Nothing that you, you're like, okay, these guys are next. They're coming. But guys that can play, you know, give you a 700 OPS, which is what a, a round, what Gene Segura gave the Phillies last year, a 723 OPS and a 104 OPS plus. Good, not great. And yet second base, you can live with that. And that's why I say you can live with the guys who are down in the minor leagues right now or on the IL like Danny Mendick to man second base without giving up a bunch of money. If you're going to go out and spend money on a second baseman, go out and spend money on a second baseman. But there's very few available that are good. And I don't think James Gurr would be the guy I would want to give like 10 to 15 million dollars to. Yeah, I don't know if it would be 10 to 15. I'm not I'm not sure where his contract number would, would end up. But if you look at what he's done since becoming a second baseman, he came over to the Phillies, I think, in the Cattell. No, I don't I want to take that back. I don't think it was the Cattell Marte trade. I think he ended up Mariners. in Arizona because of the Cattell Marte trade. Um, but yeah, Gene Segura was ended up traded. But Brewers, uh, Diamondbacks, so- Mariners, Phillies. So wow, he went from Milwaukee. Yes. Yeah, so. No, he went. I can tell you the Brewers whole thing. traded Segura and Wagner to Arizona for Aaron Hill, Chase Anderson, Ison Diaz, and cash considerations. And then he was mm-hmm. traded, yeah, to from the Mitch Diamondbacks. Hanager. Yeah, Mitch Hanniger, Zach Curtis to the Mariners for Walker and, and Marte. Okay. Um, but then when he was traded from the Phillies, uh, the Mariners to the Phillies, uh, he played shortstop in 2019. And then in 2020, he became their full time second baseman and has been their second baseman since 2020. And I don't know if you're going to be able to find a guy who is more proven at second base. I understand you bring up Elvis Andrews and what he did, but can he do that over 162 again? That was a really great 43-game stretch, but over a 1,000 plate appearances in the past three years. Uh, Gene Segura is a top 15 second baseman, uh, better than Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison's 18th with a 102 weighted runs created plus. Gene Segura with the bat, a 107 weighted runs created plus uh, since 2000, or not 2000, uh, since 2020. Uh, and then at second base, Gene Segura has never had a negative year, uh, according to outs above average, at second base. Um, and I think total Gene Segura is the third best second baseman uh, just behind Jonathan Scope and Tommy Edmonds. So I think there is an argument that you couldn't find a mix of a better glove and bat at second base than Gene Segura. 
I mean, I can hear that, but would you want to pay that? Do you not have faith in the guys, the four guys that the White Sox and I just named have in their system that could play second base? I know 150, 160 games is a lot to ask for these people who have not done it before, but I think if you get other positions filled, namely right field and left field, and you have people and bodies that are major league players on those positions, you can get away with the minor leagues and or Danny Mendick manning second base for the whole 162 without a 100% guy unless that guy shows himself to be the guy at second base through in the end of 2023 season. You're not feeling those guys, or would you rather be like, hey, let's just give money to something that is going to be secure. We will set it and forget it and get it out of there. And Gene Segura made $14 million last year. I'm sure he's not going to be making that much, but in that ballpark, though, if he's 33 years old, still playing at a decently high level, you're probably going to be giving up 10 to $15 million for that position. And remember, you don't have a lot of money to play with. So if I was a White Sox, that would be probably priority number four on my list if I'm looking for positions specifically on that team. And knowing what you want, you want Michael Conforto, who's going to probably cost 14 to $15 million a year. And Damn we're sure. hearing what Scott Boris is, is saying. You know, he, he, he wants to deal with options. So I don't know. The Conforto thing... I think it's an interesting market that the White Sox are definitely, you know, monitoring. And I don't think they're ever going to be out on that market just because they love options. Um, I don't know. I, I like that's the thing that I think annoys me the most about the Sean Murphy trade, though, is like it doesn't free up money. They don't they don't like trading Sean Murphy for Andrew Vaughn doesn't free up anything. Like, can they take Dallas contract uh, Dallas Keuchel's like you know, old ass contract. Can they take off, take that money? Like, can they take Yasmani Grandal and clear up $18 million? Like that, that's the issue with this trade is because again, even if you make that Sean Murphy trade and you're able to move Yasmani Grandal the first, and then you have Sean Murphy and Sebi Zavala at, at catcher, you're, you're only able to add either at first base or you're only able to add it either second base or the outfield, at least largely, or you're probably going to be stuck bargain binning. Um, so I, I don't know. It's like, when you look at the actual organization, I don't trust Danny Mendick coming off an ACL tear, and he'll probably not be ready until, what, May or June. Uh, I don't trust Romy Gonzalez, who really didn't show any power in the MLB or much confidence at the MLB level. I don't mm-hmm. trust Leary Garcia, who played 45 games at second base and put up a negative one war and was <laughs> the worst player in baseball the entire year. And I, I don't trust Lenin Sosa yet. And I, I don't think a White Sox team that – is in championship, condi- you know, uh, a championship window should be playing Lenin Sosa at second base. I think Elvis Andrus makes more sense than the four that are in the building, but I think Segura might make the most sense out of all of them. The one thing, though, with with Andrus, Andrus might be cheaper. Uh, Andrus not being a top fledged shortstop and not being the top of his position moving over to second base, you know, maybe he's like $10, $10 million. Maybe he's like, you know, 11 to, to 12, but he also just had that crazy 43 game stretch where it might get somebody to bite and pay for him. I think Minnesota will. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. Like it's, it, that's the thing that doesn't sit well with me with the trade. And that's why when going back to Passon's article about, you know, uh, an MLB swap, like he mentions Andrew Vaughn, but the real reason why they would need to trade is to, free up money and the only one on this list that really doesn't free up money is Andrew Vaughn and I guess Dylan because Dylan's making only about five million yeah and um you would have to uh, on that one have to blow my socks off there's very few people 
in this league that would blow my socks off for a trade to bring uh, to get rid of Dylan Cease. One of them be Shohei Itani. That would probably be it, like because you get a bat and a pitcher. But it would have to take that, and the Angels would do that. That would be dumb on their part if they were to trade Joey Tana for anybody, well, much yeah, less but, Dylan Cease. Well, then you need to throw in Colson, and then you need to throw in Oscar Colas, and then you need I'm, to throw in okay. Andrew Vaughn, and then you need to right. throw in that kid that they drafted, like Jerry Reinsdorf's granddaughter. You need to throw right. her in. You need to throw, right. you know, Frank Thomas is probably retired jersey number and the statue. All right. I'm, I, I've the Elote. You, you're going to have to throw in the Elote card as well. Oh, man, we're tough. We're. we're we're, it's gotta uh, hurt. It's gotta that's hurt. Where, that's where that's where I, I met my, meet my end right there. So uh, sorry, uh, we can't get you, Otani. Elote card is uh, where I crossed the line, where I cut it off because you know we got to have delicious elote at the ballpark. You, it's show. You know, they give you the goose back though. You lose the you lose the elotes, but you get the goose back. And do they employ Vinny's idea of shooting Goose yes. Island beer out of the out yes. of the beak? Oh. Yes, Otani doesn't make uh, Otani is only making thirty million dollars, so uh, they they have another five that they could put into the the beer shooting mechanics. Oh, that's a drop in the bucket! Oh my god, and God, like Vinny came up with that brilliant ass idea, and then Brooks still hasn't used it. What a jerk! I mean, so- Miller Lite can figure out some mascot to put out there. I mean, make make just make a a. a you know they used to have those uh, clowns that used to stick your hand hand in, like the clown mouse. I think it used to be like you know, like uh, oh, you could reach in and get a sucker or whatever. Um, I don't know, whatever. You should build like a statue that has like Southpaw with his mouth open, and then it should shoot beer. Mm-hmm. And if like, you're that lucky could be to Miller Lite section, you just hold your cup up and you just get some free beer. Free beer. I don't know. Yeah. The the seats Somebody would be disgustingly run. sticky, so oh, you'd probably need rain. Or to hose them down after every single game, uh, but yeah, uh, I I don't know. I think I think the Segura market's interesting, but it all comes back to they really just box themselves in, like Vinny said. Like I mean, the more and more we we look at this and and go after it, I, I really do think like their only way to freedom to figure out how to fill second base and left field and right field is to trade Liam Hendricks or Lance Lynn. Um, after this next break, I want to I want to. Th- give you my entire team right so if sean murphy's catching if gene segura is at second base you had your questions about who's at left field or right field so i'll give you that right after the break we're going to let you know about our fantastic partner shady rays it was very sunny today at the chgo tailgate and we took advantage with our fantastic fantastic new sunglasses from shady rays they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive so they set out to change it you don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at shady rays have you covered shady rays are premium polar shades featuring world-class optical clarity substantial durability and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle the best part about shady rays they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear lost and broken replacement if you lose or break your shades on day one they told us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked whether you got them grilled on jake flanagan uh, jake flanagan's uh, uh blackstone today whether carm uh stepped on him while he was running for a, a pass while people were, were, were tossing balls left and right at the chgo tailgate whether braggs uh you know smashed it with a with a with a beanbag toss right they're going to replace it. No questions asked. And the thing, too, their sh- their customers, when they don't break them, uh, seem to agree that they have uh, fantastic quality and they have given Shady Rays over 200,000 five-star reviews. And again, if they break or they they, 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 they something goes wrong with them, uh, Shady Rays has a ridiculous, ridiculous uh, prob- or, or, uh, uh, return and exchange rate. Uh, 
they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchange. Uh, you either love the shades or Shady Rays. We'll pay them to ship that sh- ship them back. That's it. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays are running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for fifty percent off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one get one free. You can get two percent off. You could get two pairs for as low as fifty four dollars. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com for all of their newest and best shades. And Athletic Greens is a partner we've been using for over eight months at this point. They are our longest sponsor, and we are very happy because I'm able to start my day with Athletic Greens. I'm able to take my multivitamins with one delicious scoop of HG1s each and every morning. I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. And the taste tastes kind of mild tropical even uh, and it helps my immune system it helps my gut health it helps my nervous system it helps me start my day right feeling the best self that i can it's lifestyle friendly as well as well whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten free and it costs less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew or coffee habits so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and cup of water every day that's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Herb. So the final team, this is what mm-hmm. it's going to look like. Okay. And this is just the position players. Sean Murphy and Sebi Zavala catcher. Okay. First base, he has Monty Grandal and Gavin Sheets. Second base, Gene Zagura and Leary Garcia. Okay. I don't want that one, but they're forcing my hand on that one. Third base, Yohan Mankata and Jake Berger, because you and Jimbo were fighting for him today at the CHGO White Sox tailgate. <laughs> at shortstop, Tim Anderson. No surprise there. Center mm-hmm. field, Luis Robert. Right field, Oscar Colas. And left field, here are the two additions. Right-hander, Andrew McCushion. And left-hander Joey Gallo. Is that an AL Central winning lineup? No. I mean, did you put DH on Loy Jimenez? Oh wait, one. I, I did not. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Okay, Jake Berger's not on the team. Is not been unemployed. Uh, so now Aloy Jimenez is on the team. So yeah, at DH, Aloy would be batting third or fourth. No, it's not an AL Central winning team. It's just you, you've erased Jose Abreu's consistent play. You've not replaced it with anything. I mean, I know the bats of the left fielders, uh, McCutcheon and Gallo, would in the ag- aggregate create like a 30 to 40 home run guy, probably if you're going to use them in a strict platoon because Joey Gallo is going to carry most of that load versus right-handers, and he's going to crush in that uh, guaranteed great field. And a bunch of uh, teams in the AL Central have like almost exclusive right-handed uh, starting rotation, so he'll be playing a lot. Um, it's good, but I don't know if it's puts you over the top of the Guardians or the healthy or a healthy Minnesota Twins team. Um, I need more. I need more power, and I don't think he got it with the trade of Andrew Vaughn going to Oakland and having Yasmani Grandal play first base now. Is it more strenuous uh, to play first base than is to play catcher if you have bad knees? I know no, you're I mean, bending down a little bit more on, on bad knees, but you're they doing weren't putting a, David a Ortiz natural, behind the plate, you know? 
Yeah, you're doing an unnatural thing at first base, which he's done, but he's not a first baseman. You would be doing a lot and depending on him a lot at first base because you probably want him in the lineup for the most part. And uh, Aloy Jimenez would have to be in the lineup 140 times minimum, right? One hundred forty-four games. So right. I mean, the, he, he, he DH, immediately the becomes DH your spot best hitter. Yeah, the DH spot wouldn't be available too much. And yes, of course, you can get Yasmani uh, occasional catching spot from time to time. But I don't think you got better by trading Andrew Vaughn off this team to acquire Sean Murphy. I don't think the problem is solved. As you said before, the money's not that egregious. It's pr- pretty much you're probably going to be paying Sean Murphy more money than you would have Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, I, I, especially because just the age of where Vaughn is. Vaughn was drafted mm-hmm. in 2019. Uh, Murphy was drafted in 2016, and Murphy's clock started earlier in 2019 uh, when Vaughn's didn't start back in uh, until, uh, what, 2021, right? He wasn't up during yep. the pandemic. It was, it was a crochet. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, his, his clock started the whole season earlier. And Sean Murphy, too, uh, career high, home runs 18 this past season, over 148 Damn. games, uh, just not enough for where the White Sox need it to be. Hit 37 doubles, so you're getting 37 doubles and 18 home runs. I mean, that's that's Abreu-ish, uh, at least for for what he put up in 2022. But again, it's it's just not enough. I mean, the, the White Sox have a guy that I think can hit 25 home runs in Andrew Vaughn. And again, trading him away for Sean Murphy makes no sense because you're not adding what this team needs in power and you're not getting rid of money. So I understand the White Sox are in on Sean Murphy, but coming back to what we've been saying since the trade deadline, the White Sox don't have enough to go get a guy like Sean Murphy because it hurts their team too much to move him or to go out and get him. I agree. And I think that uh, if, if you do all the things that these rumors have out there, do you feel as does does any White Sox fan? I know there's probably somebody out here who's listening that's like, you know what? I, I actually do like the team as Sean just explained the team, and this is why. If you feel that way, definitely uh, head us up on our uh, on our Twitter as, uh, spot at chgo underscore White Sox or individuals at Ecknerwall twenty three or Sean underscore W underscore Anderson and explain why you think this uh, team would be better than the currently constituted team going forward. But it's just a lot you're giving up for a roll of the dice. And I don't even know if it's necessarily a roll of dice. It's just shuffling the deck with maybe the same player, but more expensive. And you're going to have to pay him sooner than you will have to pay Andrew Vaughn. And that would also, to me, signal that you're giving up on Andrew Vaughn. You've already traded Nick Madrill, first-round draft pick. He's already out the door. I mean, you've given up on Zach Birdie and all these other first- and second-round picks that you've like, okay, that didn't work out. Let's downshift. I mean, Jake Berger is a first-round or first round pick that has had injuries, but giving up on Andrew Vaughn would, to me, signal that Rick Hahn is admitting defeat like Andrew Vaughn's not going to be it that he's not going to be him and that doesn't make sense that's not a congruent move with the letting Jose Abreu go and I know some people is like those are two separate things like no the reason why you let Jose Abreu go is because you think Andrew Vaughn is ready to step into those shoes right and if then you turn around and then trade Andrew Vaughn for a good not great catcher oh you know go glove all that good stuff People be like, those moves are not congruent. They don't match. And so why are you giving up on Andrew Vaughn where 
this is his first year being first baseman. You haven't seen him do that. And now he's going out to Oakland and probably going to be an all-star. And then you'll be having him four years from now being a free agent, looking at a big time contract extension instead of having him in in-house and you can do that yourself. Right. And then, and then you just had this experience with Yasmani Grandal where you gave him a four-year contract and by year three, he's not able to play effectively. And you hope that in year four, he can bounce back, but that looks like injuries. That looks like a body not healing, which, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I know that especially when you get older, especially using your body as much as Yasmani Grandal is, I don't know if bodies bounce back like, uh, like they used to. So I, I fear that Grandal might just be cooked. So, uh, it's it's a tough spot for them because again catching is or catcher is such an odd position to to invest in and you look at the Oakland A's um obviously they go out and get a catcher prospect in in a deal and and acquire uh, Langliers from the Braves but they're also going out and getting Soderstrom who's a top 15 pick and and they drafted Murphy in the third round the White Sox consistent issues for them as a franchise has just been catcher development. Um, and, and hi, Zach Collins, first round catcher. How'd that turn out? Um, oh, yeah, so the, White, yeah. the White Sox, again, just their inability to develop catchers. Um, Carlos Perez, Sebi Zavala, they're all 25 plus years old when they come up and not top prospects. Um, it ends up hurting the Sox, I think. And I think just going out and trading Sean, Sean Murphy because he plays catcher uh, is, is is somewhat stupid. But we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow on the CHGO White Sox live show. Check us out at YouTube on YouTube at CHGO Sports. Um, and Jared Willis will be joining us in studio tomorrow as well as Vinny is out in the outback. Uh, but make sure that you follow us on Twitter, like Herb said, at Ecknerwall23, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And you can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Herb, we will talk with Jared tomorrow, and uh, hopefully the White Sox don't trade Andrew Vaughn uh, by that time. That'd be great. If they do, they better be bringing back some real talent and some talent that's going to help the 2023 White Sox. And we'll have something to talk about, too, if, if they trade them. So at least, there, at least there's that angle. Uh, anyways, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Go Sox.